Hi, this is Megan Says Mamas. Two best friends with the same name and the same due date, sharing their different experiences as first-time moms. Hello, Megan. <laughs> Hi, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's we're recording on a Monday. It was a very Monday-y Monday for me, full of shenanigans. Same. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I should have been doing this with a glass of wine. I didn't think that through. I actually don't know if we have any more wine. Uh, we just had the snowpocalypse in Nashville. And so it was like an episode of Chopped every night in our house. Uh, <laughs> meal, actually, because we didn't get our groceries in time. Like, what can we make with a bell pepper triscuits? <laughs> I mean, you, you laugh, but it was like one day. Um, when was it? Oh, I was really proud of myself. I was like, okay, I have some tortillas in the house that are going to go bad the little like street taco size little baby mm-hmm. ones and i was like got it i'm gonna make breakfast tacos so i did um and i was like look at me go mm, so proud oh my gosh fancy <laughs> but then i also had frozen pizza for like three meals it's fine <laughs> everything's fine i mean that's like a normal week for us so <laughs> i don't i mean it i think if brian lived by himself he would just survive on frozen pizza hot dogs and chicken wings like i'm pretty sure oh and sandwiches like sandwiches yes tyler would be yeah um he's been into those like toaster strudels but with the bacon and eggs inside oh i mean i'm into those yeah (laughs) which like when i was pregnant i was into those now i'm i'm not for whatever reason but uh when i was pregnant i was like give me them and i need them for snacks it was fine everything's fine (laughs) (laughs) everything's fine i mean pretty much anything that's stuffed inside like a pastry type situation i am i'm here for it like my (laughs) savory sweet doesn't matter doesn't (laughs) matter in a pastry puff (laughs) is it coming in bread i want it (laughs) yeah that that was my first um on sunday it was the first time I drove out of the house and it was still pretty icy. So I drove like, you know, five miles an hour, uh, being from Florida. It actually reminds me a lot of driving in a thunderstorm when you're afraid of hydroplaning. Um, so you, you kind of like let it go. But anyways, I, I ventured out because we have this, um, coffee shop near us that has a drive through. So it's like a little local place called sip and they have the ham and cheese croissant that will just change your damn life. And I had to go get it. And so I braved dying in the ice because <laughs> that's it. what I wanted to eat. I wanted a pastry. <laughs> worth it. Um, <laughs> worth ris- risking your life over for sure. Carbs and ham and cheese. Yes. Done. Sold. <laughs> All right. So let's get into our mom struggle and mom win. So I think. I will be taking the win this week. Yes. How'd you win, Megan? Tell us. <laughs> Tell the people. Um, so I guess not this week, but for Valentine's Day um, and or the end of the week before, um, we have had a date night like out. <laughs> yes. Um, which, you know, still isn't quite the same because of COVID. It's like we originally went to a restaurant that had 50 million people and I, I didn't even walk up to it. Cause I was like, Nope, not doing this. Mm-mm. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Um, so we went to a different non-crowded place. Um, but this weekend we took our first night out on the town with a couple friends, um, to a 
non-crowded place. Um, but yeah, we had our first night out as parents, um, which was really cool. My mom came over and watched Riley sleep and, and she slept. Um, and it was great. So that's how, that's how I won. Um, what is your struggle, Megan? We, Ah. we, we always struggle, but what is your particular struggle? Oh, you know, just when you think you're like, cool, I've got this shit explicit tag figured (laughs) out. Uh, it all goes to hell because everything starts changing. So this weekend, you know, we had a lot of time in the, the snow and the ice <laughs> to, uh, I mean, not, it's also Rona time. So we always have a lot of time, but even more so, cause you like literally could not go anywhere. Um, we live at the bottom of a bunch of Hills. So it was a very precarious situation. Um, and so I was just having some like mom doubts. Um, you know, you get on the Google machine and it tells you that you fail at life and always. the two <laughs> always so the one particularly was like Ezra will be six months and like me two-ish weeks um and he is still taking four naps and that's because little buddy can't stay up for the like two hours mm-hmm. every wake window that like you know the uh the uh, sleep expert who will no longer be named recommends um and so yeah I just I was like, am I doing something wrong? Am I letting him sleep too much? And then you, you, know, you just start spiraling. And so uh, we are actively working to get rid of the fourth nap. Um, but right now it's still happening. And I'm trying to just like slow my roll and chill about it. <laughs> we know how well that goes around here. <laughs> but like in theory, I just need to, he's fine. It's fine. We're fine. And I also like, I have to stop getting in this like, it's obviously working for us. Right. So like, why do I feel the need to make things harder than they have to be? Oh, wait, because I'm me. <laughs> oh, oh, me too. Brian says it all the time. He's like, if you weren't worried about this, like, I just, I know you would find something else to oh. worry about. Yeah. And I was like, exactly. rude, but true. <laughs> like, I, I hate you, but why are you in my life and in my head? Like, yeah. Stop that. Uh, I hate you, but accurate. No. Yeah, so it's rough because I feel like when you Google, um, one, you just always find like, you know, what you should be doing and everything that is perfect. But, you know, that's not real life. Um, and you always see these like wonderful schedules, right? Yes. Like, they're like, oh, your baby should nap for exactly 1.5 hours, three times a day or whatever. And I'm like, cool. She only napped for like 45 minutes forever. Um, Ugh, she did, Ezra did that twice today, and Tyler and I were like, eh, 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 Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's sad times, but I mean, th- they they just don't follow those schedules. They, they're their own little humans. And um, I mean, we certainly tried to obviously watch like the wake windows and everything, and I, I do think that helps. But when you start to like, you know, really get constricted by it it's uh i know it's hard to do but if it's working for you it's working for you right yeah so that's where we are now attempting to eliminate the uh the fourth nap uh wish us luck (laughs) yeah no i do um (laughs) because so once once you do that not to make you feel worse but i i of course i've already looked ahead um 
you know, month by month, basically. And I think at some point between like seven and nine months, they tend to drop the third nap. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. cool. So like, right when you start to get into a groove, it's just like, mm, nope, just kidding. Change it again, down to two, then down to one. Um, the whole first like year is just all a transition. I feel yeah, like. it really is. And I told Tyler, I was like, you know, at some point, like he's going to be up all day and we have to figure out <laughs> something to do with him all day. Yep. Yep. <laughs> like, well, well, shit. <laughs> I know. I know. Brian and I have had that discussion like multiple times. Like once she like was out of the newborn phase where she just kind of like ate, looked around, then went back to sleep. Um he was like, what do we do with her? <laughs> like, you know, you gotta like play Excellent with that. Excellent question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, crazy. Ah, but anyway, on to today's topic, which is doctor's appointments. Yes. So we've touched a bunch on this like tangentially throughout the podcast, but I feel like um, I was actually inspired by at work. We were having, this is a kind of a heavy discussion. Um, there are very different outcomes for, um, women who are giving birth based on race. And so it's something really insane. Like, I think it's for, um, black women are like four times more likely to die in white women than white women in childbirth. And for native women, it's like six times, um, My God. which is just like. It's really alarming, right? And if you ever want, and the resource we shared before, Every Mother Counts, like really goes into it. But it got me thinking, like, I don't think I really knew just how much I was going to go to the doctor um, and how important those appointments are for like you to advocate for yourself and to be heard and all of that. And so I definitely think I would have wanted to know what to expect. Uh, so we thought we would talk about it. Um, so first, Megan, how did you pick your doctor slash healthcare provider uh, for your pregnancy? Um, yeah, so I started out by just looking who was in network, yay insurance, um, and in the area, obviously, um, and then reviews. And I had a couple recommendations from some people that I work with and some friends um, and some like non-recommendations, I'd say. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, Just as important. Yes. I tell you what. I actually think the non-recommendation was kind of what like made my decision. There's a very big um, OBGYN in our area. They have like multiple offices. They're huge. Um, and I had a few people tell me not to do that, <laughs> um, not to go there, that they were just very like non-personable and hard to get an appointment or I don't know, um, just a lot of negative stuff. So then yeah. that kind of cut out like the big, big one for me. And then I was looking at some, I, I guess, smaller practices than, than them um, and found one that had really good reviews. Um, and there, there was five doctors in the practice and one of them was a lady and um, she was who ended up delivering Riley and she was awesome. She was like the first person I saw and I was like, okay, I like it. Um, Cause she was like a, an office fan and a Bob's burgers fan. And <laughs> like, I like sold. I'm like sold. I, I don't know if you should choose your um, OBGYN based on common TV shows, but no, um... <laughs> I think that's actually an excellent 
suggestion. <laughs> Excellent criteria. Uh, but that's basically what I did. Um, what about you, Megan? How'd you choose yours? So in Nashville, you have a ton of options, which um, I most major cities, you have a ton of options and even in some smaller places, too. Um, and so but because I was already with Vanderbilt, so uh, healthcare in Nashville is even though it's like a uh, a big industry up here, um, it's actually kind of hard to get an appointment because there's so many people who are like coming to the city. And so you're just like, I don't know. So I was already with Vanderbilt. And so I decided to stick with Vanderbilt, but my doctor, it actually wasn't a doctor. So I always say the term doctor, but really um, it's mostly um, nurse practitioners. And so my one nurse practitioner, she didn't do any um, like baby stuff. What is that? Obstetrics? Is that it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's like, you can be like a, a nurse who does both baby and like regular gynecology, or you can just do gynecology. So I looked at the directory and found a different nurse practitioner who was just like super chill. And that's what I need, right? Like Megan and I, y'all know, listeners, we have no chill. So the goal for me is to find someone who is chill. Yes. And so I found, um, I call her Dr. Gehring. She's actually not a doctor. I'm not sure what you call her, nurse Gehring? Nurse Gehring, sure. Um, And she was great. She had fabulous style, which we all know is very important to me in the non-Rona times. Um, And she was also just really mellow. And she was just like, yeah, this this is cool. This is going to be great. Um, And not to really worry. But you do have a ton of options. You can have um, here in Nashville, you can go see a midwife. You can see like a doctor, doctor. Um, That's totally up to you. I'd actually had not a lot of success with doctor, doctors here. Um, And I'm also a firm believer that and apologize to any male, you know, OBGYNs listening. I just would prefer to see a woman. I think women know what it's like um, yeah. to be a woman. And they just like, I feel like they listen more. Yeah. So that was really important to me. But it wasn't important to me that I knew the person who was going to deliver my baby. Um, I was kind of like, meh, doesn't necessarily, that's not super important to me, which is why I was okay with Vanderbilt. Because I mentioned this in the birthing podcast Um but Vanderbilt is a teaching hospital. So I knew that my that Ezra was going to be delivered by a midwife was going to be there um, and like a resident and or chief resident, which I ended up with the chief resident. Um, and if something really went wrong, like, you know, the top banana was there, but I was likely going to be delivered by someone who was learning. And that actually like didn't bother me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I will say um, I think. The, the big practice that I mentioned in our area and the one I went to, um, you just see multiple doctors. Like I think the the big one had, I, I want to say like eight to 10 doctors per like location and you would kind of rotate and see them um, through all your visits and then whoever is kind of on call or whatever for when you go into labor or whenever you're scheduled is who would deliver your baby. And it was the same with mine. We had, um, Mm -hmm. I had five, uh, doctors in the practice and it was because I was induced, I was able to actually choose who delivered, um, who was most likely going to deliver Riley, I'll say, because you can't exactly predict when, when they're coming out, even when you're induced. Um, but, but I, I 
it, she had a pretty good likelihood of being there. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I think there are maybe potentially like other practices where you would maybe see like the same one or two people the whole time. Um, but from at least the ones in our area, that seemed to be rare. It seemed to be most of the time you rotate and see multiple. Yeah. And that part, I, I didn't necessarily want to be true. Like I wanted someone to know yeah. me. And so um, I was able to go see her and she also had the same nurses and oh my gosh, we had the best nurse. She was so funny. Um, and she would always make Tyler and I laugh when we were in the appointments and put us really at ease. And so that part was nice because since, especially in the beginning, when I did have to be hospitalized and had a couple like early complications, it was nice to kind of see the same human. Um, but it didn't ultimately matter to me that she was there when he was born. Just, I don't know. I just, it wasn't yeah. my shtick, my deal. Uh, but yeah, I would definitely encourage moms to like, check into what you want. Like maybe you want to go to a birthing center. Maybe you want to have a midwife. Um, maybe you want a doctor, just like explore your options. Mm -hmm. Um, and definitely get recommendations because you don't want to end up with something that you don't want for that, like very intimate moment. Um, but okay. So let's say you've chosen a provider. All right, Megan, what happens during ultrasounds? Yeah, so I think we mentioned this a bit during the pregnancy episode, but first off, um, your first appointment, they won't see you, even if you know you're pregnant or you have a positive test, rather, um, you know, a few weeks after. Um, they won't see you till I think they waited for me until I was eight weeks about or seven or eight weeks or something. Oh, wow. Um, I think it was seven weeks. Um, and I think they would have seen me at six, but they were booked up. And I, so I had to wait to the seven weeks, which felt like a million years, basically. It does. It's <laughs> like an eternity, an actual eternity. Yeah. Um, and the first one, uh, the baby is not big enough to have an ultrasound like you see in the movies where they put the little gel and then you, you know, they run the the whatever the probe i don't know what it's called um over your belly one no um i don't know. I don't know sorry sorry to all the medical professionals who are screaming into the void right now at us we love one you. of these episodes we'll have to have like a real medical person on um yep. but yeah so they do it the um the other way so they go in vaginally on your first one mm -hmm. um yeah, it it so the fun starts right away, basically. <laughs> what I'll say, um, but yeah, Brian was able to be there for that first one, and um, really, you know, they they stick the wand up there, and uh, you can hear the heartbeat, um, which is cool, and you know, you can see the basically the sack with like a the amniotic sack with like a kidney bean in it is basically what it looks yeah. like. Yeah. Real talk, ultrasound techs are heroes. You can't, you have no idea what you're looking at. She's like, oh, there's the blee, blah, blue blot. I'm like, mm -hmm, sure, girl, whatever you said. Yeah. I mean, like, obviously you're like, oh, it's a foot. Oh, it's a hand. But like everything else, you're like, what are you, especially before they like look like a human. You're like, okay, sure. Whatever. You, whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And even when they are like, I mean, the big one is the anatomy scan or whatever. Um, 
about halfway through pregnancy, but they're like doing all sorts of things. Like they're taking all mm-hmm. sorts of measurements and they're looking like at the heart and the brain and like, I don't know, they're, they find, they find all of it. It's craziness. Um, yeah. How was your uh, first appointment? So my first ultrasound was the same thing, which <laughs> Tyler was with me. Um, and I'd had, um, ovarian cysts before. So as a kid and I had them removed, so I had had an ultrasound done vaginally. Um, so that was, I was not shocked by that experience, which I know can be really shocking for people the first time who expect it to be over your belly. Um, and so I was like, yeah, this is going to happen. He's like, wait, what? There's more than one kind. I'm like, who is, um, but yeah, all of the other ultrasounds are pretty routine i think i ended up with uh, what like four or five but i had extras so i had extras because of my dehydration scare when i had to go to the er we got one then um and then i got another one when i went to for a follow-up visit just to like double check back with my provider and then um of course for the anatomy scan and then that was it so i think i thought i was going to get more ultrasounds because i know some doctors choose to do like a later ultrasound um, to just kind of see what's going on. And that didn't happen for me. So it was like anatomy scan. And then it was like, okay, you'll see your baby when they're born, which is a long time. Yeah. Right. Cause the anatomy scans from like, around 20 weeks just for yeah, 20 weeks. And you're like, Oh, okay. Cool. 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 Yeah. That was um, surprising to which, me. Like I, and I wouldn't have gotten a later one except I had the complication, but um, yeah. yeah, they were like, normally we wouldn't ultrasound. I'm like, but I'm like, <sighs> 36 weeks or whatever. I'm like, don't you want to see what's going on in there? Yeah. And very much not a thing. Um, and I, I got to have a second anatomy scan because uh, Ezra was shy the whole time. Um, even in the like guppy stage. So there's actually a video, maybe I'll post it on the gram of me, like dancing around and like wiggling my body to get him to move so that they could like look at him in an ultrasound. It was nonsense and tyler videos me and i look like an idiot um because they're like well if you don't like get it today you're gonna have to come back and i was like i don't want to come back but for my anatomy scan i did have to go back so she like missed something um and we had to go back which was nice actually because that time um so i know megan brian didn't get to go to your ultrasounds but tyler got to go to all of mine except the first anatomy scan and that's when we found out that Ezra was going to be a boy or I found out because Tyler wasn't there. Um, But the second anatomy scan that we had to do again, Vanderbilt had changed their rules. So I could bring him into the ultrasound. So he did get to see him. Um, But it was kind of annoying because it's like, first of all, when you're doing an ultrasound, they want your bladder full ish. So when they're pushing on a 20 week pregnant person's bladder, there's a lot going on there. Um, and so it definitely was like, okay, this is not great. Um, but yeah, so that's sort of what happened at mine. And then, of course, I didn't end up having any more. Um, but I feel like that's the big thing I thought happened at every appointment. But like, actually, Megan, what did like your average bear doctor's appointment look like for you? Oh, yeah, no, it was annoying. Um, you just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I thought I'd be able to like, see her every time um and like you mentioned i i think i had four ultrasounds total um yeah and so the 
but you go a lot more than that. Um, you go, like I said, at like six to eight weeks for the first one. And then, um, I went basically, I think every like, like three to four weeks after that. Um, like, so kind of every month. And then when you get close, it becomes every two weeks. Um, and yeah, first thing they always make you do is pee in a cup. So that's cool. Um, super fun. And then blood work, um, not all appointments, I guess, but I think most of them had some sort of blood work. Um, and, uh, then talking to someone, um, and that was, that was pretty much it. Um, what about yours? That's so funny. I only peed in a cup like twice. Oh my God, I peed in a cup every time. I mean, I always no, had to pee, so it wasn't an issue. <laughs> You're like, oh, please, can I pee in more yeah. cups? I have so much pee. Yeah, I was like, all right, um, fine. No, I'll was... pee in a cup again. <laughs> yeah, no. And I almost, I think I had blood work twice plus the third time the glucose test, which we'll get to in a second. Um, but yeah, no, my average appointment, we would go. I would get weighed. Oh, that's right. How can I forget that? Um, Yeah. Always get weighed. Um, And then I got my blood pressure taken, temperature taken. And then I would talk to um, our nurse practitioner for a hot. Well, at first I talked to the nurse and they would ask you like the general questions. Like, how are you feeling? Like garbage. Cool. That's normal. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) Do you have any questions? Uh, I don't think so. Cool. All right. And so... They would do um, the like little Doppler to listen to his heartbeat. Um, they'd push on my belly. And that was about it. And then I was like, okay, see you later. It's like, I don't know. It, it, I understand it has a point, but it also does feel kind of yeah. pointless. Um, yeah, they would they would and- listen to her heartbeat too. Yeah, if they weren't doing an ultrasound, they'd do the little Doppler thing. Um, Which like, I... I know is a lot is really comforting for some women and I know some women choose to like um buy a fetal doppler and do that and I was just like I'm good also Ezra was like an insane kicker he like never stopped kicking me so like I knew we were good <laughs> like what is after a certain point when I could feel his kicks I was like because they have something called kick counts where they want you to like count how many times they kick in an hour, which is an insane thing to ask of someone to do who's pregnant. Because like you're already mad, anxious. Now you're like worried about kicks. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Um, I didn't have to do that because I was just constantly being kicked um, <laughs> so much. So sometimes it would take me by surprise and I, I Googled it and it's like they can kick you with up to 10 pounds of pressure um at some points and you're like great (laughs) cool this isn't weird at all oh it's Um, such a weird feeling um it's so i will say so i think i didn't feel her kick until i i want to say like 18 weeks is that right when do you remember feeling him kick (laughs) actually i remember what, what we were doing i don't remember when it was though i think it was probably like late March, early April. I felt him kick kind of early. Um, we were listening to a Bonnie Vare. And so like <laughs> Tyler and I have like wildly different musical tastes. Sometimes we overlap and sometimes we don't. And so like, I like real like indie hipster shit and he does not. And I felt him kick for the first time. And Tyler was like, <laughs> no, don't be a hipster music fan. No. Oh my God. That's really funny that you say <laughs> Bonnie Vare. Cause um, 
I th- when Brian and I started dating, we also had very different music tastes. And that came, one of their songs came on. And he was like, oh, God, you listen to this. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I actually borrowed one of the fetal, like, Doppler things um, from yeah. my friend. Um, and I w- we would use it a few times before we could actually... Or before I could feel her kick. Um, and I will say they're kind of hard. So, like, if you do get one and you can't find it right away, don't freak out. <laughs> um, they're they're not like the same ones that they use in the doctor's offices. Obviously, like, theirs are super good. Um, and the ones that you can buy are not as good. So you kind of have to, like, roam around for a bit. And, and uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. Like even again, Ezra was super shy. And so um, there were two appointments where they couldn't find his heartbeat, but she could feel him Mm. moving. And so what happens is that they your baby can sometimes go like towards your spine. um, And so they're kind of far away or they can go like up higher and into the back and so then like it interferes with like your heartbeat sound i don't know my child was wildly uncooperative um it's like very uncooperative and i was like mm, feels yeah. on brand yeah <laughs> so um yeah he so again like don't panic and that's why i didn't get one i oftentimes have to make a decision for myself like okay is more information going to help me going to <laughs> yeah. increase yeah it's going to help me or is it going to increase my anxiety which is like there's this sock called the outlet sock and some parents like swear by it but i was like you know what it, it measures a baby's like blood oxygen level and like all this stuff and alerts you if something's wrong it's like you know that's that's going to turn me into a person who just stares at that monitor and i and so I made that choice, which is along the same lines of choosing not to get my own fetal doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah. Yeah. But she, she was also, Riley was also not cooperative. I'll say, um, cause during the anatomy scan, she would not, she was in some weird position where she couldn't get like a nice profile shot. Um, Oh, yeah. No, not at all. Yeah. Like everyone else gets these really cute, like profile shots, like multiple angles. And they're like, I don't know, beautiful. (laughs) And she would not. Um, Nope. And it was weird because I just I remember seeing her like kicking me like on on ultrasound. Yeah. And like kicking my insides. I was like rude. Um, But (laughs) she actually had to she had to go in again vaginally because she was like face down somehow <laughs> um, just to get the profile just, shot. And I was like, cool. Thanks. <laughs> I know. Turds. It's rude. <sighs> um, yeah. So, okay. So we're, we've talked about ultrasounds. We've talked about general doctor's appointments and now it's time for the myriad of tests you get to have. Um, so Megan, why don't you pick your favorite of the type of tests that you have and talk about it? Oh, I mean, <laughs> isn't everyone's favorite the glucose test? Oh, yes. Tell the people about the glucose Ugh. test. Um, so the glucose test is for just, you know, gestational diabetes. Um, and it 
basically you go in and they you get different advice at least all of my friends did get different advice about like what to eat the night before or what to eat the, the morning of but they give you a the glucose drink which is like a sugary gross not gatorade not i i don't know yeah so like millennial moms stay with me for a minute if y'all remember the high C ecto cooler with the little like ecto guy from ghostbusters mm-hmm. on it that's what it tastes like it tastes like pure sugar i chose I the orange too. flavor um to like just it just tastes like drinking sugar i didn't everyone's like it's awful you're gonna want to throw up like it was gross no. but i wasn't like I didn't hate it either. I was kind of like, kind of like, meh, this is like not my favorite thing I've ever drank, but it's not just, I'm not going to throw up. I didn't want to throw up. It was just like a sugary drink, like a sugary kind of orange watery drink. I don't know. Um, Yeah. Like if you drank Hunch Punch or Jungle Juice in college, same thing. (laughs) Just you're, you're set. You're totally ready for this. Yeah, minus the booze, of um, course. But yeah, so they make you like drink a certain amount of the glucose drink. Um, and then you have to wait two hours. No, an hour? Two hours. No, an hour. An hour. An okay. hour. You have to wait an hour and then you have to come back. Um, so they they do your blood, you know, before and then after. And they're measuring um, your glucose levels and your reaction to the sugary drink. And if you fail that test, then you have to do, I think, a four-hour test. Three. Sorry, three, I keep three adding next. an hour. Yeah. Now, the only reason I know this is because, shout out to Courtney, who's a mama-to-be listening. Uh, she just had her one hour. And so we were talking all about it. Um, and then, like, essentially what's yeah. coming and next. And I've had multiple or several girlfriends that failed the one hour um, and then had to do yeah. three hour, which is just more miserable because you just have to like spend your whole day. I don't know, waiting. Yeah. And you in different doctors. So the other part about it that Megan kind of touched on is that you different doctors tell you different amounts of time you can't eat before. So some doctors are like, oh, you can't have like dinner the night before or breakfast or you can't eat like six hours before or what have you so i scheduled mine for first thing in the morning because your girl gets hangry and so i got up and my doctor told me i could have pure protein so i had an egg with just like i just made like a scrambled egg with some salt and pepper and called it a day see Um, that is not even so what i was told is just to not have anything super sugary like they, they're like, you can have breakfast, just don't have like a croissant or like a muffin or something. I'm like, okay. Yeah. See, and then I think Courtney was told like, you can have nothing. And it's not like a carbohydrate, you know, it has to be all protein. Um, and if she, of course, was doing hers by the snowstorm. And so, of course, in a snowstorm, you're not, you don't have all the choices. So you're stuck with like frosted flakes or whatever than you have in your yeah. house. No, it's... It seems to vary so much. Um, And I'll also say they almost gave me the wrong amount of the drink. Um, Yeah. What? So, um, I don't know. Like, uh, they were having a particularly off day or something. But 
and it's the pandemic. So I think they were still figuring out like logistics of where to send people. You know what I mean? Like, oh, entrances, interesting. Exits, whatever. So uh, I got in the office and the, um, the girl, uh, one of the nurses like goes to hand me a styrofoam cup, um, like a small one full of the drink and I almost drank it and then another nurse walks by she's like that's what you're giving her and she's like yeah and she's like no no and you're supposed to drink like the whole it's like a mini Gatorade bottle essentially um yep so she almost gave me like only half the amount for some reason <laughs> oh boy um, but luckily someone caught her um but yeah I mean I've had um two girlfriends fail the one hour and then had to do the three um and then mm-hmm. one failed the three hour and then you have to like monitor your levels at home from then on yeah um, yeah uh tyler's cousin failed the three and she had to go on like a special diet and have insulin shots and like all this kind of song yeah. and dance um which is not no, not fun. No. Not fun at all. No, not fun. Um, so that is definitely just a great test. You know, it's awesome. Uh, <laughs> yep. I think typically, like before COVID, I feel like they wanted you for the one hour to. I want to say they didn't want you to leave the office. Yeah. So I didn't leave. The oh, office, I did. Vanderbilt oh. is very, very different. Yep. So. In Nashville, for all the Nashville moms, the Vanderbilt 100 Oaks facility is huge. I mean, it's ginormous. It's like this whole size of the shopping center. So my doctor's office or my nurse practitioner's office was at one part. And then everyone has to go do blood work at the lab. So no matter what you're there for, all no blood work is done in the office. You all go down and sit at the lab. So they give you you'd like pull a number, like a pull tab at the like deli counter of Publix um, and wait for your number to get called. And so I don't think I had my blood drawn before. I think I just like drank the glucose and then did the blood draw. Um, But yeah, I just had to like sit and wait. And I don't know about you, but like, you know, that like funny, like crystal light aerobics video that circulates every now and again. Where it's like the aerobic, old school yes, aerobics yeah, competitions. Yeah, yeah. That was Ezra inside <laughs> my belly after drinking that drink. He was lit. And I felt like I wanted to throw up, run a marathon and pass out all simultaneously after drinking it. And so it was super hard to sit and wait for the hour. Um, and so I set like a timer on my phone. I kept trying to like read a book, but I couldn't focus because I was so like jittery oh my gosh. from the, like the sugar I don't know rush. what this says about me, but I feel like it didn't affect me at all. <laughs> so, um, I don't know what that says about well, me. But... Well, like now, because like your level, you were lower. I like barely squeaked by. I was like three or four points below where I was supposed to be. And I was like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what that says about me. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, it was just like, oh, cool. It's like I drank sugar high C all the time, which I do not. <laughs> I, I don't even drink sugary drinks. But um, yeah, that's crazy that it had that much of an effect on you. I was... It was not a fun time, um, but I did treat myself to Chick-fil-A afterwards. And then I w- we were driving to Florida that day 
because you know why not do a million things at one time and uh i slept in the car and unlike megan and her magical ability to sleep in all (laughs) forms of transportation um i i like never sleep in a car and so it was really weird um but i passed out because i was i guess on like a sugar downfall (laughs) you know um So, yeah, but a couple other tests tests you can expect is, like, you'll get a lot of blood work done. Um, They'll look at, like, your hemoglobin and your white blood cell count and stuff like that. So just expect that to happen. I think it happened for me three or four times. Um, And if you're someone like me who's really afraid of needles, just, like, ask beforehand, like, hey, am I going to have blood work this time? So you can, like, do whatever mental prep or just be surprised and be like, oh, shit, it's happening. Um, and just like deal with it in the moment. Uh, but the other one that she'll have is the group B strep. And so like Catherine mentioned it in our last episode. Um, but it sounds a lot scarier than it is. So what it is, is it's a form of the strep bacteria, the same kind that you get that gives you strep throat. And it lives in your birth canal, your your vagina. And it like it it's not bad. You've done like nothing wrong if you have it. It's just like it is there or it's not. And so you do like a little swab situation. The the swab is um, odd. (laughs) So get prepared because I was like, oh, they're just going to like swab the inside of my vagina like NBD. (laughs) Totally fine. That happens a lot when you're pregnant. No, no. Um, No, no. So at Vanderbilt, they allow you to do this yourself, which I actually appreciate. You must do one swab up your lady parts and one swab up your bottom, like all the way up. And it's a little weird, um, but it is what it is. And you like wrap it up and send it off. And essentially what happens is if you are group B positive, then they put you on antibiotics while you're in labor, because while it doesn't hurt you, it um, would hurt baby if they like if they got on them in the birth canal um so that that that's I a weird one either blocked it out or i don't recall them going up my bottom um oh oh i, really? I, I had to do both maybe i blocked it out yes. because, <laughs> uh, i don't know um but yes that that was weird and i can't believe you got to do it yourself I did not have that option. Um. Yep. They were like, okay, go to the bathroom, read the directions on this little swab thing. Good luck. Bye. Uh, Great. Um, The other thing is um, you can opt to do another, like an additional set of blood work um, for genetic testing early on, um, which Brian and I chose to do. Um, Not only can you find out the gender earlier than the anatomy scan, um, which is again at 20 weeks, um, and you can do the genetic testing around, I want to say like 10 to 12 weeks. Um, I think we did it around 11 Mm -hmm. weeks. Um, But they also screen for um, like chromosomal abnormalities um such as like down mm-hmm. syndrome or um you know we have a couple of things that run in both of our sides of the family so um we chose to do that um so i had an extra set of blood work um drawn for that around 11 weeks and then it takes mm-hmm. a couple of weeks to get the test results back um but they tell you like a percentage basically of like the different um, chromosome, chromosomal abnormalities, or, um, and they tell you the gender 
and you can choose to either like keep it in an envelope if you want to do a gender reveal um or you can just obviously open it um and find out right then um so that's another thing that you can Mm -hmm. and my genetic test my insurance wouldn't cover the portion that um said gender so i went ahead and chose to do the test so i would know the like medical stuff and then just waited for the anatomy scan um to find out that other piece so um but all right so you've done the hard work baby is here and then you we'll talk about baby in a minute but what happens to you the mama that first appointment after baby which shocker folks is six weeks six full weeks of you just trying to figure it out bleeding out your lady parts and then they're just like okay bye anyways so what happened at yours um so i didn't have one <laughs> what girl Oh my god! I didn't know this. Say I more. just, I just didn't. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I, I should have scheduled one, but everything felt normal. And I'm not advocating that you don't go. You should definitely go. Um, people everywhere. Um, I just, I just didn't. Um, so Megan, please tell us what I should have done because okay, I'm I will a terrible do person. Okay. <laughs> You're not a terrible person. Okay, so because I had a third degree tear, um they made me schedule it like while I was at the hospital Um, because again, it's all in the same network. And so I actually ended up going back two weeks. I think it was two, yeah, two weeks after I gave birth um, because I was going to see a specialist. And so she specialized in um, tears from birth and pelvic floor therapy and all that jazz. And like, I've already have pelvic floor dysfunction. So that I knew that I needed to make sure that I had that checked out because that's like a really hard road. Um, and actually for those moms who like just got pelvic floor dysfunction after giving birth, like I promise you physical therapy, it gets better. Um, so I can talk, we can actually do a whole episode all about that if people be interested. Um, but yeah, it's it, that part. I wanted to go ahead and get in and see this particular specialist because she, is really hard to schedule with. So I saw her and then the full six weeks later, I went back to my regular doctor. They weigh you again, which like at that point, you're like, I don't really want to know. <laughs> um, again, be nice to yourself. Like we talked about on the a couple episodes ago. But anyways, they weigh you, they take your blood pressure. Um, they do a vaginal exam and then I chose to get birth control. And so I have the copper IUD because it's a non-hormonal birth control. And it was important to me at the time that I could still, and it is still now that I could breastfeed and pump and do all that jazz um, because they do not want you to do that if you have a hormonal birth control. But I also was not trying to be, uh, have our babies back to back. And so some people say the copper IUD really hurt. I honestly didn't even feel it. That's probably could I just been had a bit like given birth, right? Like, Sure, if you haven't given birth before, I'm sure that was an uncomfortable process. But at that point, I was like, meh. <laughs> yeah. Meh. <laughs> Been worse. Seen worse. So uh, that was not, that was that. So um, just at that appointment, though, I'd really encourage you to be like super honest, um, especially about your mental health. So I wasn't, I had like, I guess I had a little bit of baby blues. Um, 
but I didn't have postpartum depression. I definitely had postpartum anxiety. Um, and I don't think I really talked to my provider about that because I'm just like a naturally anxious person. So I was just like, oh, I'm still anxious. Cool. Nothing new and different, but I really yeah. should have. Um, but if you are feeling any feelings of PPD, like please, please talk to your doctor. Um, it is normal to have those feelings. It's okay. Um, you need to get help early to make sure that you're Did they, um, do like any sort of screening, um, like questions for you or, okay. They did. So I went and they asked screening questions and actually I was asked screening questions at, um, multiple of Ezra's appointments as well. No, they didn't ask me crap Mm -hmm. about me. Like legit. (laughs) I, yeah, yeah. that's nice. I don't know. I had to fill out a couple of the first times I went and then at his two month, I had to fill out a questionnaire about how I was feeling emotionally, um, which was, was actually really nice. And I think is important because we do so much care for a baby and we often forget about mama. And so it was nice to have someone, multiple people ask how I was feeling and, um, yeah. So definitely if you're a mom who's experiencing that, don't, don't feel ashamed at all. Uh, just get the for help sure. that you need. It's just totally yeah, okay. Yeah, for sure. And, and I do find it appalling that, you know, your baby, well, we're about to get into it, but has like 6 million appointments once they're born. And then mom is like, oh, come see us in six weeks. And that's basically it. Um, yeah. And I know that if you give birth, so we have a birthing center. I've talked about them. That's what we did our class through. They come and visit you at your house like 48 hours after oh, you give nice. birth, um, which is nice. But then I think they don't see you after that really much either, unless you choose to have an appointment. Um, and also at that six month, that's when your doctor will clear you for sexual activity and for exercise. Um, so they'll just like do a little vaginal exam and make sure that you're like all squared away there. Um, so that's another part that happens at that particular appointment. Um, but we were talking about it pediatricians so what to expect for your first appointment with little ones so megan how did you pick a pediatrician because that's a uh, thing you have yeah to do. and you have to do it like you know you have to have the pediatrician in mind um when you are you know going to give birth to your baby um because they want all the information yep. to be able to send all their lab work and all all the tests they do um over to your pediatrician so they have that on their records um so i mean again kind of the same as my provider i just um asked around for some with some friends and checked in network or out of network um there is kind of like a i guess a scale of like pediatricians like more personable but like a bigger office um versus like how easy it is to get an appointment um and Mm -hmm. uh the one we ended up going with has a couple different office locations i'd say they're like a bigger practice and it's very it's pretty easy to get an appointment and they do saturday appointments which was important to me Mm -hmm. um and they have like a telehealth um app where they have like just people that like either nurse practitioners or doctors like 
on call that you can, if you see something like is, let's say your baby has a rash or something, like you can call them right away and basically see them in a few minutes and show them what's up instead of, um, you know, getting an appointment and going into the office. Um, so yeah, we basically went with a recommendation and just, um, you know, they told us how the office kind of worked, that they're not exactly as personable, but they are really easy to get an appointment with and um, and they have weekend appointments. So that was that was how we made our decision. How about you guys? Yeah, we did the same thing. We asked around and we were all told like the same specific practice and even the same doctor. So Dr. Godfrey, bless him. Um, he's again... I have to find medical professionals who are like funny and or mellow. So like my physical therapist, hilarious. My ther- mental health therapist, hilarious. Um, Dr. Godfrey, so mellow, so calm, so zen. He's got four kids of his own, which is important to me. If I was going to have him see a male doctor, I wanted him to make sure that the doctor himself was a parent. And his practice is like, it's called Greenhouse Pediatrics here in Nashville. And the same thing, they have... Saturday and Sunday appointments. So Saturday is, um, I think they have a, in non-COVID times, it's like a walk-in clinic situation. And then Sunday is by emergency appointment only. And it was important to me that I could see the same person over mm-hmm. and over and over again. Um, since you see a pediatrician to, for like, what, 18 years of their life? Like, I was like, I need to know this person and I want this person to know my child. And so... That's who we ended up choosing. And what was also helpful is that um, our pediatrician, the way Vanderbilt works, is that he has admitting rights to Vanderbilt. So should like an emergency ever happen to Ezra, he can be there and go and see him, which was important to me. And so actually two days after I gave birth, um, he couldn't be there that day. But like someone from his practice came to the hospital to meet with us. Um, which was super nice. And so I was able to like look at Ezra and Dr. Godfrey ended up being able to be there as well and take a look at him. So it was like another friendly face when you're, you know, yeah. you just had a human. A science. Um, so yeah, I definitely really like them so far. The nurses are all nice. It's relatively easy to get an appointment. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been pretty nice. So speaking of appointments, what do those first couple Ugh. appointments look like? Um, sorry. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Traumatizing? What? They really are that? kind of, um, because you just, yeah, I mean, you just gave birth and then they want to see them within 72 hours, I think is kind of the general rule of thumb. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you you basically leave the hospital. You're trying to figure out how to keep this tiny human alive and not go insane and heal and blah, blah, blah. And then you have to like figure out how to transport this tiny human to, um, the pediatrician and they, um, yeah, I mean, they obviously weigh them. Um, that's one of the big things that they do. Um, because they want to see it's, 
considered normal, um, I believe, for a baby to lose up to 10% of their birth weight um, within the first, mm-hmm. you know, week or so after um, they come into the world. Uh, so they definitely want to monitor that, though, because, you know, if either way, I mean, if you're trying to breastfeed or or if you're bottle feeding or whatever, they just need to make sure the baby is getting enough nutrition. Um, but yeah, I think we mentioned it before. So Riley lost about 9% of her birth weight. Um, and uh, she was already small to begin with because she was a little early. So um, yeah, no, that it was, it freaked me out a lot. <laughs> um, yep. And that's when I was kind of told to, you know, if I needed to, to, to supplement and everything. Um, yeah. And they, um, they do, I think they did a little blood work as well. That first one, or am I, or am I not remembering that correctly? Ah, uh, we don't have blood work that first one, but then we had that weird Tennessee heel prick thing that I talked about before, but no, nah, I don't remember blood work that particular that okay. first appointment I, for us for some least. reason i feel like they i think they heel pricked her um and maybe it was because she was a little early um but they i think they did do the heel prick again because <laughs> i i remember them heel pricking her i'm just trying to remember if it was that first one or if it was the one we basically went at 70 or like three days after she was born and then we went another two weeks from then um so i'm trying to remember if it was at the first one or the second one but i know they they um heel pricked her um to do another like set of labs and um yeah i mean the big thing the weight um and everything what how was the first one for you Oh, Tyler and I were both in tears. Um, He lost, I think it was 10% of his birth weight. And so, and that was also, as I talked about in breastfeeding, that was just, it was a train wreck. Um, And we actually, because he had lost that much, we had to come back another like three days later. We like lived Mm -hmm. the pediatricians um, because then we had to come back like two weeks after that. So it was just like, and it's on the opposite side of town. So it was a lot of like, to and fro, to and fro. Um, and of course, Ezra always had like massive dirty diapers because what they tell you to do is get them, like get them down to a clean oh, diaper yeah. so we can weigh them. And he was always like peeing or pooping everywhere. And oh my like, God. Great. Yeah. I remember being um, such a hot mess because she went through like five diapers just trying to wait for the doctor. They're, like, because they want them completely naked when they weigh them. Yeah. Um, And I like, I remember being like, I don't know if I brought enough diapers for this hour visit. (laughs) (laughs) And like the visit always inevitably falls during like nap time or feeding or something. So it was awful. Um, I, like I said, Tyler, I cried, I cried. And Dr. Gradfee was just like, it's okay, y'all. He's got this like wonderful Mm. Southern accent. Um, And he was just like, Y'all are going to be fine. You're going to be great parents. It's cool. Everything's groovy. And so we went a bunch. um, And then finally, like, you get into, like, a more regular rhythm. And then they start to get, like, shots at two months. Which is so sad. um, which Which is sad. But those nurses are just, like, ninjas and do things so fast. Um, But you'll maybe you'll also get their head measured around, which 
Ezra, <laughs> giantest head, biggest head in the whole land. Um, and they'll give you percentiles, right? So I say that because like little homie's head is in like the 90th percentile. <laughs> it's just enormous. And then same with height and same with weight. And so you'll get to find out kind of like, and they have like a chart um, and they show you where they fall on this chart. And so that's why how I know like Ezra's a string being. He's like, you know, between 75th and 90th percentile of height, but only like 25th of and, weight or 30th. Yeah, so but that just... is obviously like totally fine. Like they all come in different shapes and sizes yes. and all they look for is they'll take like the percentiles, um, you know, the first appointment and all of them after that. And they're just looking to see that they're staying on their general curve, which they can be yep. different percentiles weight, height, whatever. Um, and as long as they're growing the way they should, then that's totally fine. Yes. So don't panic, um, especially for mamas of babies who are like fall anywhere outside of the norm. So if your baby's like a string being like Ezra or you have like a chunk, um, as long as your chunk is chunking <laughs> on their line or your string bean is going on their line, like you're yeah. doing a great job. Um, so don't, don't worry. I know there's a lot of like, cause medical stuff is like never, you know, just a walk in the park and the whole process of being pregnant and taking your baby can be scary. Um, but like you got this and you know, just always be armed with questions and trust, you know, that you know what's going on or you know when something's wrong with your body. You may not yeah. know what it is, but you're like, mm, something is not right, said Miss Clavel. And so you just want to be honest and open with your practitioners and make sure that you speak up for yourself. And if you're not comfortable, bring someone who is, if that is your partner, if that is a parent, if that's a friend, just like bring someone who can help you advocate for yourself and for your baby. Uh, yeah. That's most important. Um, though I will say um, another fun thing about COVID is I've had to do all of her pediatrician appointments alone. So that's annoying. <laughs> yeah. See, I did not know that. And I feel very sad because we've been allowed to be both of us the whole time. They have a rule for older babies so i think it's like if once they're past a year you have to come by yourself um but if they're under a year they let you come yeah that would have been nice um <laughs> but no i had to like you know three days postpartum like i think they don't they tell you like to not carry a certain amount of weight or some bull crap yeah. and there yeah, i was sure having do. to like carry her in her car seat um you know, into the pediatrician office alone um, and, you know, hear all the traumatizing things alone. Um, so, yay, COVID. Thanks, bud. Thanks again. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, that first one can be, I don't know, a little rough depending on, on how it goes. Um, but yeah, th then after that, um, they continue to monitor like their weight and height like we said um riley had a she had like gunky eyes <laughs> um yeah okay <laughs> she so the first few days or whatever they give them an eye ointment typically um like right yeah. when they're born um and I think um, that's what they gave her again uh, after like a few weeks of her having 
gunky eyes. Um, poor little baby. Um, <laughs> She's going to love that we talked about her gunky eyes. The, I know. The well, conflict. yeah. If she had gunky eyes and you're talking about Ezra's giant head. They're going <laughs> to... This, I know. They're going to love us. So um, and she also went from like 6th percentile in weight to 50th. So Yes, girl. Uh, so she's going to love me <laughs> mentioning that too. Uh, but uh, but yeah, at I think you mentioned this. At two months, they get their first round of uh, vaccinations. Um, so the shots um this was so sad to me just because she was like on the table and she was really smiley and she was like smiling at me and kicking around and i was like oh no sweet girl girl, you don't know what's gonna happen and um yeah that was the first time i heard her like scream like actual scream um it sounds like Ezra took it better than her, though. He's so funny. He's a funny little guy. Um, so, the, at first, the heel prick was not a fun time. So, that weird, like, heel yeah. prick square thing I talked about. Uh, but shots, like, he got, like, a shot, his first one. And I watched his little face. And he was like, wait, what? And he was, like, confused. And then it happened again. And he was like, oh, wait, I don't like this. And then his little face turned to, like, <laughs> to cry. And I had to, like, prevent myself from like laughing um because i was the one who was like standing up there holding his little hands and telling mm-hmm. him it was gonna be okay um but at first he was just like caught off guard um which like i guess i guess is true about shots um but then after he got his shots and she put the band-aids on he was like back to like kicking his legs and being yep. like totes yep. fine um so i was like <laughs> Okay, cool, cool. As long as you're cool, I'm cool. Before she got the shots, like the few appointments before that, I would just hear like suddenly a baby scream from rooms away. And I was like, oh my God, uh what's happening? Yeah, it's like being like when you see a crazy (laughs) prison movie and you just hear like screams when the person's walking down the hallway. Peterson's office, the same place. Same thing. You just hear like, (laughs) no. Or like screaming your body yes. and you're like what is happening and then you're like it's just children being children yeah no yep, big yep, yep. deal um i was i also say or mention um we've both been to the four-month appointment as well um and they do shots then too and they also check for a mm-hmm. few of the milestones Megan, did they check for you? Yeah. Yep. Um, so they checked like how she was doing on tummy time and like holding her head up. And um, they checked, I think that she was bringing her hands to midline. Um, they checked her like hearing, like she was like noticing that she was following. Um, the doctor was noticing that she was like following her voice um, and like looking at her. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else. Do you remember anything else they checked for? Yeah, so um, they'll like kind of like manhandle your baby a little bit, and that's the check oh, for yes. like hip dysplasia. So um, Dr. Godfrey like wiggled his legs up and down, um, and then little boys, they'll like check on their penis. Um, specifically to after the circumcision they'll check a couple different times and just kind of make sure that like everything looks the way it should um and just to make sure like it's all you know Mm -hmm. 
kosher down there. Um, make sure everything is fine. So that was another thing that they did. Um, in the beginning, you're going to want to, you, which you'll do anyways, you're going to want to like track their yeah. like diapers and make sure that they're having like a, a good amount of wets and dirties. And then eventually you can stop <laughs> and then just make sure that they're like pooping regularly, which for some babies is like once a week. Um, so just, yeah, which is crazy because that's not Ezra. Sometimes they'll go like a day without pooping, but never more than that. But some babies, like it's totally normal for them to go, like I said, up to a week without. Yeah, it. So I remember don't, a nurse don't telling me that they may go like up to a week, especially if they're going through like a growth spurt, uh, that it's more typical that they yep. won't uh, poop as much during growth spurts. Um, Riley is, she poops all the fucking time, so... <laughs> <laughs> Again, love it. They're gonna love, love this, right? They're gonna be so happy that their mother has <laughs> talked about their stuff, which is funny because I remember when I was a kid, my aunt and uncle had our family called it the poop journal, and they would write down my cousin who's now 20 all of her like bowel movements and stuff and i was like ha, ha ha that's so silly i was like i can't wait to read that to her prom date and then what do i have i have an yeah. app with the same damn thing <laughs> so it's just evolved from you like handwriting all that kind of stuff to like tracking it you know this yep, tracking it sure. in an app um so, well, that wraps up all of the doctor stuff. So, all right, Megan, tell the people where to find us. Please follow us on social media. We're at Megan's as Mamas. And the companion blog to this podcast is Megan's as Mamas.com. And if you're listening to us on Apple podcast, please rate and subscribe. That's the best way to spread the word about what we're doing and share this podcast with the mama in your life. And today we want to give a special shout out to Brian, Megan's, uh, Megan J's husband for being our podcast editor. That's a really important job. And without him, it would not be possible. So shout out to you, Brian. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> and until next time, talk to you later. Bye.